It is here. What up, everybody? Happy baseball season to you. Opening day is here. And we have a brand new R2C2 to set the tone for you. So excited for what is going to be an incredible season. Uh, CeCe's final year, obviously, but a season with heavy expectations for the Yankees. And uh, we are both just jacked up for the year and excited to bring you awesome content throughout this season uh, every Thursday. So make sure you're downloading, rating, subscribing, reviewing. If you like the podcast, that's how we keep the podcast alive. That's how we keep it going with you guys doing all those things. So thank you for your support, uh, and please continue to do so wherever uh, you get your podcasts. Um, So as you've seen so far this spring, we kind of had a new guys theme. And, uh, and it will continue here with opening day, uh, in a sense, because we're going to chat with James Paxton, new guy, and Jay Happ, who was a new guy last year. And uh, these two were teammates briefly earlier in their careers in Seattle. They have a great dynamic. Uh, CeCe's already connected with both of them. And I think you are really, really going to enjoy this episode. So happy baseball season. And happy Thursday, a brand new R2C2, Jay Happ and James Paxson with me and C right now. What's up, everybody? We're back. R2C2. That's right, man. Another week, another Thursday. That's it, man. We're keeping it going. We're keeping the consistency. And um, you've decided to uh, make this a lefty-laden episode. Yes, yes. I I like it. We have James Paxton and we have Jay Happ. Jay, I mean, is there there a special connection between lefties? Is that a real thing? I mean, I feel like like there is. I mean, I've... uh, it's sort of an unspoken thing, but you you tend to gravitate toward each other. That's how I've always felt, um, you know. And it's it's just one of those things. You tend to watch when other lefties are throwing, so I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think I think it's the biggest thing is that you 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 watch each other when you're not on the same team. So like I've seen these guys pitch a bunch just because they're lefties. You know what I'm saying? So you you <laughs> you, you tend to like to, to follow the guys that you know that you have something in common with. Yeah, we kind of have the same problems with things, you know, like. Scissors and you know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, J- James. You must have been like, all right, good. I have a couple fellow lefties getting here because it's not every day that you see a rotation that has. I mean, because even see, you're close with Monty too, Jordan Montgomery, who's mm-hmm. a lefty as well. Like you guys, really, James. You must have been like, okay, I'm coming to some familiar ground then here and having so many lefties. Yeah, this is awesome. You know, I'm real happy to have some. Uh, more veteran lefties than myself that I can learn from. You know, these guys have been around the block a number of times, and uh, I'm just looking forward to working with them. You know, Jay, you come to this team at midway through last year, and I'm sure it's a different experience when you're, you know, you go to a new team when you're a veteran, right? Like, I mean, you've been in this league a long time. You've accomplished a lot of things. What is the, like, what's the acclimation process like as a veteran going to a new team compared to if you're a young player going to a new team? Yeah, the, I, I, the emotions are so different. I remember my first trade, um, I, I was crying. Um, it was all wow. I ever knew from Philadelphia. I remember crying when I, when I first got traded to Houston. And 
because that was all I ever knew. And I was, you know, the uncertainty of, of kind of what lies ahead. And, you know, you fast forward 10 years, you get, you get traded to a team like New York and having been around the league for a little while, um, it's just an easier transition because you've done it. I've been traded a few times. And then obviously you, what really helps is kind of the, gli the guys in that Yankees clubhouse, just the professionalism and, um, you know, after battling against them for, you know, you get to know guys after playing against them for so long. So it was an easy transition kind of to come in and kind of jump on the same page and, and get ready to go. See, you've talked about that forever, too, with this group, that you guys just have such a good group right now at this moment in time in the clubhouse. So that's, got, that's just got to make it a lot more comforting for anybody who's coming in who's new. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good group, man. I, I always feel like, you know, uh, looking at us outside, looking in, it's, it's always a little different. You don't know what to expect. You don't know, you know, you know it's, it's different, you know, playing for the Yankees with all the media and all the coverage and stuff. But, you know, it, it, could, it could be intimidating. It seemed, you know, a lot different than what everybody else is is used to, but it's the same. And and like I, and, and like you said, I mean the guys in here are, are great, and and uh, just makes it easy to be a to be a good teammate when you have such such a good clubhouse. By the way, Jay, you probably would have cried as well last year if you had been traded to say like Baltimore instead. Of <laughs> <laughs> For That's sure. A good point. That's a good point. <laughs> the, the age may not have helped then. I'm not sure. <laughs> James, I mean, what is your what is your first impressions been, James, of being uh, being in this clubhouse and acclimating to being a Yankee? Uh, it's been great. You know, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, this is my first time being traded, and. Uh, I, I didn't know what it was going to be like coming in. Uh, I didn't really know anybody other than uh, Jay and uh, Danny Farquhar, who was here earlier in camp. Um, so it was kind of comforting knowing that Jay was here and he was his locker was right next to me, actually, and like having someone that I kind of knew coming in. Mm. But uh, as soon as I got here, I felt uh, I felt great. You know, CC talked to me right away. Remember, he texted me uh, the day I got traded, which was really nice. You know, to just feel you know part of the team already. Um, and everyone's treated me really well. Coaches have been great. I uh, feel like I'm fitting in really well. I bet you that's got to be different, though. You ever been traded in the offseason? Once. Is, yeah. is it a little different because you're going into camp and, like, as you get to start fresh with the guys? Like, when you get traded during the season, that that's a little more scary, and you don't know because you just bro, jump right into a, a different clubhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. You're just all of a sudden you're on the field with them, yeah. you know, all of a sudden during the season. So it is. It's, it's probably – a little nicer to, to have that spring to get used to guys and i always said for the especially for the um pitcher catcher relationship having that spring training is nice for sure um, yeah be able to develop that you know you guys obviously i'm sure there are i mean see we've talked about the people who are kind of like your mentors or the the people who are at the foundation of your success in your formative years but I, i'm just wondering like for, for for both you jay and james when you think about in your major league careers who is is there a person more so than anybody else who stands out as you know the biggest reason for your development in the big leagues like is there one person who you point to and you say you know what like this was that next level mentor teacher coach whatever it might be that i needed to be able to get to where i am now which is being you know a top of the line major league starting pitcher uh, yeah, for me, um, I think it was my pitching coach that I had in Seattle for the last few years, uh, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. Uh, mm. He really took a lot of time with me, talked to me about my pitching, and uh, 
just like what I how I needed to attack hitters on on different days uh, when I had different stuff, you know, because that was one thing that I struggled with early in my career was when I had everything working, it was great. But it's what do I do when something isn't working that day or I'm not locating well or I don't have the breaking ball early. And he really helped me kind of uh, learn how to pitch uh, in those situations. Nice. It's Yeah, it would be hard for me to kind of, uh, you know, bring it down to just one person. But I think over the course of my career, kind of just learning through trial and error, like what works and doesn't. And I actually think that analytics have come around and sort of helped me gain confidence. And there's been some pitchy coaches that have finally sort of agreed with that. And I give a lot of credit to Pete Walker um, and Ray Seard, you know, two, two pitching coaches from one from Toronto and one from the um, Pirates, um, who sort of just felt like they they didn't try to change me, but they they sort of helped the, my mental process and and kind of let me be me and, and help me trust in in kind of what you know made me successful and and realize that that was going to be enough instead of maybe trying to always become a pitcher I was never destined to become. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those two guys probably helped me the most. Yeah, you know, like, I, I mean, when you when you think about kind of like the adjustments that you were talking about, James, and like th- that idea, right, of like, and see, you and Jay are, are you, you guys have been in the league a little bit longer, right? So you've, you've probably experienced this as well. Like, what, when do you hit that point where it's like, oh, okay, now I know how to get guys out when I don't have my best stuff? Or like, what is it that becomes the key to that on those days where it's like, I don't have this, but I know I can still get guys out. You know, it's just, it's just for me, it's just, just battling. Like, you know, um, I mean, not, I mean, a lot of the times you're going to go out there without your best stuff and, but you just got to try to figure out a way to, to, you know, keep the game, to keep the team in the game. Or, you know, a lot of times when you feel like you don't have your best stuff, your best stuff and you go out there and, you know, you start using other pitches, you know, sometimes if my slider ain't there, then I can use my changeup and it gets me deeper into the game sometimes. So, um, just having, you know, having that experience and, and knowing what you, um, that you can use your other pitches and sometimes it can help you, you know, um, have a better game than, than, than you ever, than you, than you previously thought, you know, without your good right. stuff. I think that's a good point. Basically what you said, I, I think I boil it down to mentality. It's going out and battling and trying to find a way. I think that, that more than, you know, a certain pitch sequence or, or anything else when you don't have your best stuff, it's, I think it's that mentality that helps, you know, listen, I got to be out there and, you know, whether I have it or I don't, I got to find a way. Five, seven, whatever, yeah. whatever I can do for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big thing for me was, uh, like on days that I wasn't locating my fastball and I throw a lot of fastballs and on days that I'm locating my fastball, I can throw a lot, I can throw a lot of them. But uh, when I wasn't locating, I really had to um, work on ch- changing the speeds and using my braking stuff more so that I didn't have to locate as well. And that was one thing that I had to learn last year. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, the mental part of the sport that you guys play always fascinates me, right? Because, like, you, you just have to know. And it's, I guess it's a little bit different for a pitcher than a hitter, right? But, like, you have to be okay with a certain amount of failure or you're not okay with, but you have to know how to deal with it and not freak out. Were you guys ever dudes who like, you know, when you were younger, you have a bad start, you're breaking stuff in the clubhouse, whatever, and then like... Younger? Fuck, that's now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking shit tomorrow, dog. <laughs> but, you know, but, but you know, oh, see yeah. how you talk about how like, uh. see, you talk about how when you were in Cleveland, <laughs> like in the playoffs, you used to be like, hey... 
I need to be the reason why we win. And because of it, you feel like you wouldn't have success. And then you kind of got to this place of calm, right? The reason why you have Big Papa as your song is because you want to be chill on the mound and mellow rather than amped up. And maybe that was like an evolution for you to a certain degree, right? Just learning how to toy with those emotions. I don't know. Have you guys like, do you do you deal with like the the st- setbacks any differently now than you did when you were younger? Or are you still breaking stuff in the clubhouse if that was your go-to move back in the day? <laughs> um, I think for me, I got a little different perspective once I sort of got married and had a family and have kids mm-hmm. have other things that are just bigger. It reminds you every day. They don't care how you did, you know, good or bad. They don't even know the difference um, at this point um, with mine. So, um Having that perspective, you know, I used to really wear it on my sleeve and it would affect my sleep and going to and from the field. And it just, um, you know, it made the tough times even harder. So I think that's helped me turn the page on on sort of some bad outings. I remember you in Seattle uh, when you come in after a bad game and you go straight into the weight room and this hear, hear stuff like clanging around. <laughs> I was like, stay to... out of the weight room, stay out of the weight room. <laughs> I always try to do it out of, out of sight. When I was younger, I was an incredibly emotional. I talked about crying after I got traded, but when I was like in minor league, not minor league, professional, but like seven, eight years old, I, if I gave up a hit or a run, like I was crying. I Bro, was we the same. so upset. Yeah. And at some point, I don't know, I think it was my dad, he helped me turn and like kind of, and you're the same, you turn in the opposite now. It's like, you don't want anybody to know what you're feeling out mm-hmm. there. And I try to do the same thing. And you're a lot like that too yeah. out there. I think a lot of us are, but it's, um, we sort of hold that in, but you don't get it twisted. I think in that tunnel or in that locker room, stuff gets stuff gets <laughs> Try to keep it out of the camera's view. Well, it's very much in the camera's view when somebody tries to bunt on CC. <laughs> well, that's, that's intentional. You, he wants to it. let them know. Exactly. But no, it's, I'm the same way. Like I was so emotional as a younger pitcher and, and a younger player. But I think having a family, like. Just put everything in perspective, and like when you come home after the game, the kids don't care if you gave up seven rounds or you threw a no hitter. Like, dad's right. home; it's time to hang out, and that would help me turn the page because it was so hard, like being a starter and waiting four days after you have a bad start. Like, oh man, and yeah, you feel like yeah. you let the team down. You, you know what I mean? Like just being around, you don't feel like you don't deserve to be around. Exactly, like, it's totally. just it's a rough feeling, man, to try to to try to get through those emotions as a young player, especially when, when you know you're pretty good and, and you feel like you could be helping the team. Yeah. Right. That's got to be the worst part, too, just waiting those days. I mean, all of you deal with it, but, like, I mean, just how brutal are those four days between starts when you don't feel good about the last one? It's like torture. (laughs) (laughs) And especially if you can't figure out what happened. Yeah. Like, if you don't know why you pitch bad or, you know, you can't figure out a certain pitch, and then and then the, the days start rolling around, and then now all of a sudden you're on the mound again, and it's the same shit as the, as the last start. Yeah. And yeah. You're like, fuck. And then it just, like, kind of snowballs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that turns into a bad month. Yeah. And it's like, you go into your bullpen, and it's like, okay, start throwing too many pitches, trying to find something, and you start throwing as hard as you can, stuff like that. Right. You yeah. And it's kind of, like you said, it snowballs, and, like, you throw too much, and then you're tired going off your next start, and, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I think, Cece, it's interesting you said that, too, because I used to always feel that way about having a bad outing and then coming to the ballpark the next day, worried about what my teammates were thinking about me. But the reality is they're so focused on what they got to do on a day-to-day basis, they chances are they forgot mm-hmm. what, what you did, how bad you were the day before, you know? Like, you know, so, you know, I think it's just sort of 
trying to you know turning the page on that type of thing and good teammates aren't gonna you know, ever hold that stuff against you for anyway. sure for Every, sure everyone has bad days yeah Right, but but I could see that though, right? Where you walk into the clubhouse and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to have to look up at anybody or whatever. You just feel bad because you let them down. You can't do anything about it for a few days. At least if you're a position player, right? And you go for four with three strikeouts. The next day, you're like, all right, I can make up for it here. Like that's tough, man. That's tough to have to wait around like that. Um, now, James, this is your first experience with uh, New York media and obviously you know everybody builds it up and talks about it as a you know being a yankee's a different bear pitching in new york's a different experience what kind of stuff has cc and and jay after having experienced the last year what kind of stuff have they told you about what to expect when you're going through these high intensity games in this uh, fishbowl so to speak yeah you know they just said that you know there's gonna be a lot of people and everything's under a microscope you know, and as long as you take responsibility uh, for the things that you do wrong, and uh, you know, give the team uh, props when you when you pitch well, um, you know, things will be all right. As long as you are okay with, you know, wearing what you do wrong, you know, and as long as you own up to it and are honest about it, um, that's that'll be fine. See, is that is that kind of like? Do you think that's just like the good baseline advice that's, you need that's to spot get on. through? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. nothing else you can really do. It's just own up to when you know you ain't pitching well, and and you know don't take too much credit when you are, and and just keep going out and being yourself every day. I mean, that's that's the that's the one thing that you that you can control is just you know being yourself and you know um, just making sure that you're going out and trying to get better every day, no matter what anybody's writing or anybody's saying. I mean, that's just that's the biggest thing. It's hard. I mean, because you know, when when we're in the national, when we're in the news, it's on Sports Center. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, it's it's national news when something's going wrong with us. So um, you just have to be aware of that and know that it is what it is, and just keep going. I would also think too, like as much as that, you know, obviously those are the challenges of it. I mean, it's got to be energizing just going to a place where you know, like you look around that clubhouse, Jay. I'm sure when you got there last year, and obviously you had great success. You're looking around that clubhouse, saying like, "Damn, like." We we can win a championship here. Like this is awesome. Like and the and the energy of pitching meaningful games. Like I mean, that's got to outweigh whatever the concerns are with the pressure that comes along with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I look back to those couple months last year when I came over, and it's both ends like incredibly stressful, but that also makes it incredibly fun yeah. because every game is so big and. Um, yeah, I mean, and I knew we had a chance to do something special, and I feel like we do again this year, of course. Um, so that's that's what's exciting. You try to try to embrace the expectations, and that's always not an easy thing. But um, you know, we have those high expectations too. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it, it, it's like yeah, it, it's nice to have no pressure, but like then probably no one cares or you suck. You know, right? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, nah, and, and but I, I think I think we know what the expectation is, no matter what, when you come here. It's to win the World Series, or, or I mean, nothing else fucking matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter what you did if you don't win the World Series. It don't matter. So that that just gives you that gives you all the expectation every single year when you come in here, no matter what. So it is what it is. Yeah, you know the the cliche pressure is a privilege. You know it, it's true. You you know if you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything great if you don't have pressure. There's always yeah. pressure if you're meant to do something great or trying to do something great. Yeah. Which you, I'm sure, experienced during your no hitter, James, because you you're a Canadian who pitched a no hitter in Canada. What was that experience like? Did that part of the of of the achievement sink into your mind at all as you were throwing your no hitter? Like, wow, I'm going to do this on my native soil. You know, I wasn't really thinking about that. 
um, so much. It was just, it was such, it was such a weird thing. You know, I don't know if it's like guys like this for other guys to throw no hitters, but like I went into that game, I didn't really feel that great. You know, like I, <laughs> like I was walking a few guys, and I felt like my stuff was all over the place. And I looked up in the fourth or fifth inning, still hadn't given up a hit, and I was starting to feel better. And uh, then I think I think I've told people this, like the seventh inning to end the seventh inning, Kyle Seager made a diving play down the third baseline. And he runs past me and says, you're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, at that point, I was like, all right, I got to get this done. And, uh, I just remember my heart was pumping so hard. It was just in the ninth inning, I think I threw all fastballs. And it was just throwing every single pitch as hard as I could. And uh, just giving it my all, man. And it was it, it worked out. I mean, the, the plays being made behind me were ridiculous. I don't know if you watched that game, but... I mean, they're making every play, and that's how it has to be in those things. Because you know, in every no hitter that I've seen, there's always one you know amazing play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, in my game, I think there's a few. And it's not like I was striking out the world. You know, I think I had seven or eight strikeouts, something like that. So you know, the guys were playing deep behind me. You, and, uh, it, was a, it was a team team effort. You're answering that really, really nicely, Pax. But I was in the other dugout he for was that <laughs> this guy was I mean, I, if I think back it, in my head it was like 16 punch outs um, <laughs> but I could I could just sense his his confidence growing as the game went on I was like guys if we don't get one like I don't, we're not going to get one here like if, if it doesn't happen early here it's getting too close like He's just feeling it, and and you're right. I feel like that last inning, it might have been all heaters. I think you were just it was. Like, if you guys, no, I was like, it best, doesn't matter. Best pitch, you know, best on best. Here let's go. go. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to get beat that late without oh, yeah. your best pitch, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and it had to come down to Donaldson. You know, I knew like, <laughs> <laughs> like, last guy coming to the plate to get the last out. I was like, yep, of course it's him. Let's go. <laughs> it made it even better though, <laughs> yeah, right? It did. Yeah. So it, you yeah. looked up in the in the fourth or the fifth. Is that that when you noticed? That? Yeah, that's when I noticed there was no hits early. I was just trying to get my body right. You know, I was. I think I walked like three guys or something like that. One inning, I had a couple guys on base because I'd walked them and I had a mound visit. And coach was like, "Hey, just need to calm down a little bit." And I wasn't even thinking about no hits at that point. I was just trying to like get to the seventh inning. You know? Yeah. Um, and then it all kind of started clicking after that, and it started getting real good. I, I'm looking awesome. to 99 pitches to that's to even complete better, that. right? That's yeah. crazy, that's man. Yeah, they were the guys were <laughs> sensing it, and they were they were trying to they were trying to get you early, but they couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> now, James, were you the kind of dude like as that's going on? Uh, save uh, Seeger's uh, little wry comment as he was running by you. Are you like? Are you in the in the dugout like don't talk to me or how what what kind of dude are you when that's going on like do you want some do you feel like no 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 please don't leave me alone I don't want to be with my thoughts or how do you handle that uh, it didn't really I didn't really think about it. it didn't really matter to me too much if someone wanted to come say something like I wouldn't want someone to come down and sit next to me and, like have a conversation you know yeah. like, <laughs> you can say something quick to me or whatever but like I want to be able to like have a couple moments just to relax and like think to myself. Uh, kind of stuff but like if someone walked by me and said like hey blah 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 like that's fine just don't come sit next to me and like expect me to have a conversation with you that's that's really any time when i pitch though you yeah know? that's yeah. completely opposite of me because i'm always like finding him to try to come like <laughs> yeah. i'm in the middle of a game and i'm trying to like have a conversation with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm still learning that too. and jay's like wait should i be talking <laughs> to like, you right now, right now? Like, i don't want to say too much yeah. <laughs> I, I have to try to keep my mind off the game like when i especially when i'm pitching good like i just want to 
you know, whatever. When I'm out there, I'm, I'm locked in. But like when I'm not out there, there's nothing I can do. You know what I'm saying? I want to talk. So. Yeah, Thank you're hilarious. Jay, you had to adjust to that last year with CC. Yeah, I mean, there's a like he'll come in and joke around about plays being made or about how he was never going to make this play or, <laughs> or something. And uh, no, it's great. He said a bunch, and he, you know, I remember a bunch of them dealing last year and just coming in but i like it it's 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 fun for us being on the bench getting to chat with them because a lot of us aren't aren't really like that so it's nice when when a guy is what, what is like i mean are there things because pitchers are are creatures of habit like this right like are there things that like you just don't want someone to say to you in the clubhouse before the game that like if someone comes up to you and they start saying x or whatever you're like what the hell get you're, you're screwing with my my vibe or my flow or anything or is that or is, is there like a coach or a teammate who you're just like i don't want to see this guy before i pitch <laughs> <laughs> like, even if you don't want to name names is there like that kind of situation for you guys I, I, for me it's just the media like they never know when i'm pitching so like they want to come and ask me questions i'm like bro not today like this is uh -oh. the one day i don't have to talk to you guys and you guys ask me fucking questions <laughs> get out of my face that's the that's the only those are the only people that it. <laughs> yeah, once in a while, sometimes when they, they they do forget sometimes they will they, you try to be all right about it but that is the only time where it's like hey do you know who's Back pitching up. today? Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't want to be like, Guess I'm pitching today. You know what I mean? Who cares? You're pitching in five hours. You can't say five words to me. But it's well, kind of I, our get out of jail card. It is. And we yeah. want to use yeah. it. Right? Yeah. I want to use this card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I know sometimes I'll be standing like around you on a day you pitch, and I won't say a word, but then you might initiate. You might yeah. be like. Yeah. yeah, I just don't want to be asked questions, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if I'm talking to you, that's fine. But, like, don't yeah. come ask me questions. No, yeah. <laughs> I I can remember seeing uh, someone approach Roger Clemens once. Oh gosh, oh, I bet like, you that uh, was terrible. Oh, <laughs> I bet God. you that did not end good. Oh, I thought he was like he looked like a, a a bull who saw red, and he was just like ready to attack. And I, I and he just like kind of like grunted and gave a head nod towards the lineup car, like. <laughs> Like just like, <laughs> like, like, and, and like pointed towards the lineup card. That's like, even like Tite. Andy, Andy's the same way. Like you can't, you couldn't talk to him, especially the media on a daily pitch. Like he ooh, didn't, no. he did not want to be talking to anybody. Like and as nice as he was, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So he would like flip like that. Like it was, it was awesome time, to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was locked in. Now, James, I know you recently went to dinner with Andy, right? Yep. And and Cece, what was it like for you uh, getting some some you know I don't know like one on one time so to speak with uh, with Pettit. It was awesome. You know, got some great uh, advice about the media. You know, I think that's when we talked about the media in New York and stuff and talked a little bit about pitching, uh, talking to CC and uh, petted about their backdoor cutter. Um, you know, so <laughs> learning nice. that a little bit, kind of how they did that stuff. Um, but it, it was a great dinner. You know, just got to chat and get to know them as people a bit more, you know, build that relationship. Um, Pettit signed on as a uh, what a special, special assistant or special something assistant, like that. So he'll yeah. be around a little bit more. So that'll be really cool. Um, but uh, yes, it was it was a great dinner. It's all, it was always it's always fun too. And he's so good at like being able to explain everything. Like he can he can just you know explain stuff in a way that makes it easy for you. Like Pax was asking about the backdoor slider. He was asking me, and I was he was like, well, you know, how do you get it there? And I was like. Well, I just throw it harder. <laughs> and he was like, wait, no, you got to like angle your body. Like you step, you know what I'm saying? Like he can explain it in a way where I'm like, fuck, I just throw the thing harder. Like, <laughs> I just do it. Yeah. You can't just do it. <laughs> so he's like, it's easy to be around him. And like, 
talk to him because he can explain everything that he does and that he did and like you know he can show you stuff so it's uh it's always it's always a learning experience and fun to be around him Jay, how about just for like, you know, our, our audience, like getting to know you guys, what is what's an ideal off day for Jay Happ? Like if you could have if you could be doing anything, any activity, whatever, hanging, doing whatever, what's an ideal off day for you? Get a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. So we get a couple hours to go do have a few hours something? for ourselves, yeah. something, go grab yeah. dinner. Uh, you know what? I. I don't have a, a lot of hobbies outside of, of baseball. My kids are young, so a lot of it is kind of revolves around the family. Mm. If my buddies come down, um, we'll go golfing. Uh, but really, I like you know I like to have a nice dinner and relax, and you know just have free time and, and spend time with family. Have you been able to enjoy the New York dining scene uh, yet in the last couple months of last season? We didn't get out too much. At the time, I had an, uh, my son was under three and my daughter was under one. So, we, mm. you know, we didn't, we didn't do a lot of fine dining with kids <laughs> yeah. that age. <laughs> but, no, uh, yeah, as a visiting player coming to New York, I always liked it, though, because, man, the plenty of options so for sure oh, awesome. it's yeah. it's sure. terrific how about you james like what's do you have any hobbies outside of the field that you love to partake in or, or what's like an ideal off day for you well i mean spending it with my wife you know we don't get a lot of time with our families especially yeah. during the season you know so those off days i try to make about her as much as possible um you know spending time going shopping or going to a park whatever getting a nice brunch dinner whatever it is um you know what my hobby um just by myself is fishing you know i love i love to go fishing so went on a few trips this off season um might try and get a day of fishing in at some point during the season you know i know cc loves oh, to yeah, fish we'll get we, might, we might get something going on an off yeah day or if we're on the road something like that um but yeah just just family time you know spending time with my wife and my puppy um getting that getting that quality time in Do, have you uh, see have you told them about the marlin that you caught a couple weeks ago yeah i showed them pictures mm -hmm. yeah. The, oh, yeah what was that marlin again it, it was, was a like white a, marlin yeah yeah that was Dude. fun and, and the guy that was on when i was i was on that boat that in miami um he hadn't caught a white marlin 13 years wow so he Whoa. was like freaking out he was like wanting i could tell he was wanting to take the pole <laughs> and i'm like nah man i'm getting this shit in the boat <laughs> this is all me <laughs> took me an hour 15 to get in oh so it was it was oh. good i need to ask you about this jay because you oh. live down here like year round right yeah what about the driving these people drive down oh, here man. I'm going bananas. I've been down here five weeks already, <laughs> and I was ready to kill somebody today. Like, I don't know how you do it, bro. There's not That's a lot. Rough. you got to be defensive down here. You're right. I mean, there's. it's usually one of two. It's the road ragers out there flying and swerving by everybody, or it's people going 15 under the limit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you really got to be defensive uh, out there. It, uh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, man, I was yeah. struggling yeah. when they come in. I was <laughs> screaming and shit. I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, so we have a, quite a few questions uh, on social media, people you know, excited about the episode, guys. And Nicholas Gioa wants to know, he, for you, James, how did you remain that calm when the bald eagle landed on you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know that, too. Yeah, yeah I, like how, honestly? <laughs> If I'm being honest, I think I was more stunned than uh, <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I saw it coming from me. At first, I thought it was part of the show. Like, it was just going to, like, do a circle of the field and then go to his guy. But then it gave me that brush back and landed on the ground right in front of me. And I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, am I going to start, yeah. start running you right can't now? Run. Like, yeah, like, I'm not going to outrun this eagle. Like, it's gonna, like, that might just make it even more mad and, like, have it come get me. So I was like, I'm just going to stand here. 
And then it, it made eye contact with me, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, here we go!" <laughs> and it, like, did you think it was gonna like sense fear if you like? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Like, I didn't. Yeah. I just was trying to stay like as calm as possible. And all of a sudden, I just had feathers coming at me, like just my face, <laughs> like it was just like this blur. So I ducked, and it landed on my back. But at that moment, like I knew, as soon as it landed on my back, I knew that it wasn't trying to hurt me. It was just trying to land on me. So that's when I tried to stand up real slow because I thought it'd be cool if it like rested on my shoulder. Like on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, uh, it, its talons got stuck like in my jersey. It's like it's like mesh, <clears throat> so oh, it was kind of like falling off of my of my back when I tried to stand up slow, and that's when it fell off me and <clears throat> and all that. But it was you know it was wild. The guy was all freaked out when he ran up and was like, "You okay? You okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm fine." And oh, man. <laughs> he gave the bird like its fish, its treat or whatever. All my buddy, all the guys were saying in the in the dugout they would have ran. I would have took off. Oh, man. One thousand percent, I'm yeah. taking off. Especially if it's down right here. Like we make eye contact, <laughs> yeah. I'm gone. Like, <laughs> like there's something yeah. about birds too, man. They're freaky, man. Like mm. every bird who comes near me in my mind is a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yo, get away! You're gonna like pry me and take me to another land or something like that. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I, did, I oh. didn't want to fight it either because I was like, if I like break this bird's neck, you know, I'm Canadian. You know, yeah. I, I might get deported. And then <laughs> this is like it's on live TV. Like everybody's gonna see this yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> by everyone you know like, I can't do that that's the guy that uh, killed the eagle yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're screwed do, yo do you guys remember the video of Randy Johnson's pitch that killed that bird yeah, yeah. they were like yeah. blaming it on him remember that that was, yeah, like, was like crazy what does he do like, yeah it's like Peter's after him for like this bird happened to like come in front of him 98 mile an hour fastball I mean, also, we have good aim but not that good no. right exactly yeah. no way oh, my. the um, in San Antonio like the, the thing with you James reminded me of like when Manu Ginobili grabbed the bat out of midair oh, yeah. uh, in San Antonio and he had to have a rabies shot afterwards yeah, like right. it's crazy he swatted it down and then picked it up yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely nuts yeah I feel uh, like people have a lot more love for eagles and bats though I probably would have been fine if I had like swatted a bat but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> people would have been much more okay with that um hoop dreams tweets at us this question for you Jay which you kind of touched on earlier but uh, this is a more direct way of asking it like how did you develop and into such a great starter later in your career you had success early but now you found this incredible consistency late how have you done that i think i sp i you know i probably spent the first half of my career trying to be a um sort of a prototypical pitcher i think sort of sort of maybe a guy who uses all of his pitches the same like you know i grew up you know i grew up watching like greg maddox and tom glavin and the, you know those guys with just perfect control and using all their pitches and i was taught to pound down in the zone for for a lot of years and my stuff just doesn't play as well when i'm when i'm sort of pitching like that so i felt like i was trying to constantly working to be somebody that wasn't going to be beneficial for me and like wasn't going to keep me around and then i finally got to the point where I, you know i needed to trust in in what i did well and i had some people that helped me with that and you know and that's kind of the, the thing really that and having confidence in it when you're on the mound, Jay, like what do you what do you need to hear during a start? 
What do I need to hear from myself or from yeah, from a pitching coach? Like in this case, oh. Larry. From maybe from your catcher. Like, is there anything you need to hear, like mentally, to think like, okay, like you know, I need a re- I need some reassurance. I know I got it today, or something that like keeps you on track. Is there anything that like this is something you need during your performance? I don't think anything specific. I think little little encouraging things are always good, whether, you know, the catcher saying something like, hey, this is working good, just, you know, make sure you're coming to me, or, you know, the pitching coach notices something, and, you know, uh, positivity is always good. I think, like, self-talk, I try to do that to myself a lot when I'm on the mound, you know, a lot of it is like, you know, all right, I'm one pitch away, I'm in a big situation, but I'm one pitch away from getting that double play ball or, or you know, finding a way out of the inning, and, you know, that stuff actually really does help. You do that too, right? See, I mean, I, I feel like you've talked about the little sayings you say to yourself when you're on the mound and when you're when you're going through a start, just to like keep yourself on track. Yeah, for sure. I got a bunch of little keywords that I like to say to myself and different things that I like to remind myself of. Um, just even yesterday, with me and Ro, yesterday we were across the street and my cutter was backing up on me a couple of times, and he just was like, "Stay in your lane." As soon as he said that, I was like, "There we go." You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just something like that where. I know to like stay where you know going towards him, and it just like the pitches got so much better after that. Like right, he said that well, one thing, and then everything got better. You know, so it's just those little things that you can, you know, pick up on, especially when you play with guys for a long time, where they know you. Um, as the guys get to know you, they just they can see you and, and uh, know what you need to do, know what you need to do to get right. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like sometimes the same thing can be said in five different ways, but it only makes sense to you. Like one of those five phrases makes (laughs) sense to you. You know what I mean? But something clicks and that's what it is, you know? And, um, that's good. You know, you got your phrases. It's, I kind of have the same thing. So I think that that's definitely at this point, something that can get you locked back in. Like you said, you're locked right back in after that. I got this little phrase I say to myself in between innings. I won't tell you guys until after I'm done pitching because <laughs> it's, it's from Finding Nemo. It's like song, but like, I'm not, go, I'm not going to say that. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. So I'll, find, so I'll, find, I'll, I'll let you guys know when I'm done. <laughs> Dude, that's terrific. That, that's the greatest pop Finding Nemo has ever gotten. That is <laughs> <laughs> that's so great Who would have uh, known? The, oh my gosh are are you guys uh like um are you like cc at all in that you devour shows on the road between starts like are you guys netflixing in between your starts like crazy or binge watching anything sometimes yeah i'll get locked in on a show and i'll be watching it like non-stop in the hotel room you know just binging on it and someone tells me about a show that i, I start watching i like to get locked in um some of them i have to save to watch with my wife because like we have shows we watch together and like i want to watch the show so bad but i gotta wait till i get home to watch it with her. so yeah there's that too yeah. is that like game of thrones are you are you into that james i love game of thrones yeah luckily she does not like game of thrones so i can watch it on my own time that's um, the key that's right the there one, right? Yeah. Yeah. that's the only person i've ever heard that doesn't like game of thrones i think yeah yeah wasn't wasn't into it um, but ozark we crushed that this off season. yeah that's yeah good. ozark is good yeah so. C's been telling me I got to get you into You never that watched one. that one, right, Root? No, you man. You didn't watch uh, Peaky Blinders either, right? No, and I've heard that's terrific, man, too. Peaky, Dude, you watch Peaky I haven't Blinders? watched Peaky Blinders. Blinders. is good. I've started that. That's yeah, a good I'm one. a couple right. in, yeah. Do you yeah. like it so far, Jay? Yes, I do, yeah. I just finally did Breaking Bad. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Like, Breaking I, Bad was good. Breaking Bad had one of the better endings in TV history, too. Yes. Like, the, the way it ended was, you know, satisfy, satisfying. 
Yeah. A little more good. satisfying than the Sopranos <laughs> was for you. Yes, the Sopranos sucked. The, end. the, the, the ending wasn't satisfying. Well, hey, I know you guys have uh, have a team meeting in, in in just a few minutes, but this was terrific, guys. It's so great to get uh, caught up with you like this, and for our audience to get to know you. And uh, look forward to doing it again. And keep your little lefty triangle going there, fellas. <laughs> That's Love a plan it, for sure. Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jay Hap, James Paxton on R two C two, and CC. What do you want to remind the audience to do every, every week? What Rate, do they need to do? Subscribe and review. Did I get that right? You got it right. Yeah, look at that, bro. <laughs> Such a pro. Such a pro. You heard the man. That's what you got to do. Thanks a lot, fellas. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>